And we are live. Episode 2 of the NAIA Ball Podcast. A weekend in review is coming to you live. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, and as always, joining me is the man, the myth, the legend, all behind the NAIA Ball account. Cody, how's it going today? I am doing well. Thrilled to be here talking some NAIA baseball with you, Robbie. Always a pleasure, always an honor. We've definitely got some great stuff to get into, but first, the first thing we got to talk about, the weather. It was such a big factor this weekend. So many series didn't get to play. So many series got washed out. Teams shuffling around, finding different opponents, traveling. You know, some teams were supposed to head down to Georgia, and instead they're heading north. You know, teams moving all around the country. Really, the only two places that were unaffected was the Sun Conference down in Florida and the GSAC out in California. What were some of those series that were washed out or teams really shuffling to get opponents? Yeah, just a lot of teams had to mix and match. LSU Alexandria was supposed to go to Faulkner. They ended up playing Loyola, another New Orleans team. So they just had to mix a little bit. Shreveport and Central Methodist canceled. They ended up playing different series. So just a lot of like shuffling in and around. It was just a tough weekend. Outside of that, in the Sun Conference, we did have Kaiser University and USCB only get one game in out in South Carolina. The rest of that series was postponed, hopefully to be made up at a later date. Ave Maria and Warner will resume action tomorrow due to darkness. I believe they will get going at around 4.30 uh, Monday afternoon. And they're just uh, like two more outs in that game. That's all they got to do. Yeah, if Warner goes out there and gets the final three outs of the game, they win the series 2-1. to one. There's a couple of one-run games apiece between Warner and Ave Maria, so, you know, three outs away. And then everybody in the Golden State Athletic Conference and out west pretty much getting going and was good to go out that way, correct? Yeah, beautiful, sunny California, sunny Florida. Everyone's good to go in those states. Do they ever let you forget that? No, they don't. They love it out there in California. must be nice. <laughs> and, you know, the weather really played a factor on us recording, not just with a lot of series getting moved around, a lot of series getting canceled, but we had some network interruptions and, and things like that happen to us. We were hit by the storms as well. We could not get the podcast on Wednesday night. Some connection issues on both of our ends, and, you know, let's just say we got rained out. So we're definitely ready to get rolling here, and we will – First things first, Hope International sweeps Arizona Christian, a big bounce back for HIU. That was big for the Royals to get back on the scoreboard. They needed a win. They got swept by William Jessup last weekend. Come back this weekend, do the job, get three wins. The For Him Classic happened out in Cleburne, Texas. Did anybody stick out to you? Was there a team or a player that really uh, caught your eye? Yeah, Midland. Midland Warriors out of Nebraska. An opening round team last year. Went out there, won the championship, went 3-1 and one in the tournament. Torrey Escamilla threw a complete game shutout, only gave up two hits in the final game. Moving on here, LCSC, Lewis and Clark State, sweeps Concordia, Oregon. Congratulations to them for qualifying for the NAI World Series. Yeah, I watched a little bit of them this weekend. They definitely look like a World Series team, someone I think I'll be seeing there in May. I think there's a great possibility of that. Lion College took two of three from LSU Shreveport in a triple header, but what's great is it's not the only triple header we had all weekend. Yep, Lion took two of three. Impressed with Lion. They scored 30 runs in one day. It's pretty impressive. 
Wayland Baptist took two of three of Peru State in a triple header. And then York College out of Nebraska, they ended up sweeping Randall in a triple header. So we had three triple headers in the NAIA this weekend. As somebody who's been around NAIA baseball for a while now uh, in myself, triple header is something I'm extremely happy to have never been a part of. Uh, that's That just sounds absolutely brutal. And I can't imagine, you know, I believe in the Wayland Baptist, the third game went into extra innings. It did. It was an extra inning walk-off victory for William or uh, Wayland Baptist. Correct. Sorry about that. Yeah, Wayland Baptist walked off victory. They won the series. It was tight, one and one. Extra innings in game three. You know, they got the victory. It was tough for both arms. I can imagine. Yeah, those pitching staffs, the 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 stress on them and guys having to throw probably back-to-back games. If you don't have a deep uh, pitching staff and a deep bullpen, and really relying on your starters, and if your starter can't make it past you know the second or third inning. You're having to throw guys multiple times on on the same day, and that really puts stress on their arms. So it's incredible that you know this happens, but at the same time, this is only something you see really in NAI baseball. Well, it's something you have to do. Like if you, you're not allowed to play on the day after it's raining, a lot of schools can't play on Sunday for religious reasons. You got to get the games in while you can. Teams are spending this money to travel; they got to play baseball. Yep, you're only allowed so many games in the year. You got to make them happen. So it was definitely good to see Lion, LSU, Shreveport get, you know, some games under their belt. You know, but I'm sure those uh, players and coaches will tell you that's some of the longest days of their lives there. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. They're probably a little bit sore, but they'll get rested and get ready for this week. So a little bit of a tougher subject here for us. These things happen. Injuries happen. But it's always hard to hear when a guy has to step away from the game. And in the last two weeks, we've seen it twice in Austin Dredge out of York and Mason Biddicks out of Montreat. And definitely, it's tough for them. I mean, it's a lot of guys in the NAI, this is it. This is your final shot. This is your major leagues. This is your World Series. There's nothing after this. I know we talk a lot about how many guys from the NAI get drafted per year. I believe recently 39 and 32 in the last two years respectively. But for a guy like Austin Dredge, who I had the pleasure of getting to talk to on the phone this week out of York, he's got a vertebrae slipping forward. And I can't imagine the pain that he's going through, not just physically, but having to step away from baseball and hang up his cleats and know that he stepped on the diamond for the last time. I know he reached out to you. And I was fortunate enough to talk to him on the phone. Great guy. But one of the things he said in his comment to you was, to those in a sport or those wanting to compete in college, don't take one day for granted and always play your hardest. You never know when it will be taken from you. And as a guy who's been around baseball in just about every facet, one of the hardest things, without mentioning any names has been sitting in a room having to tell a player that his career's over because the N- the MRI didn't come back good. The MRI was bad and his season's over. And that's one of the toughest moments ever. So I can't imagine what a guy like Austin Dredge or Mason Biddicks is going through right now. Yeah, Biddick said the same thing. He sent me a message, said don't take it for granted because you never know when your last time will be. 
very similar message to Austin Dredge. These guys, when you play NAIA baseball, this is the last stop for a lot of folks. And, you know, they enjoy it. They love this just as much as we love everything else we play. You got to appreciate it every day. I know I would do anything to, to have it back, uh, to have that team setting back and, and being able to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And we keep it going here with some high-flying offense. St. Thomas University, the team out of Miami Gardens, Florida, scores 37 runs in three games against NCAA Division II opponent Barry. They took two or three in that series. Yeah, St. Thomas is hitting 360 as a team through seven games. A lot of talent down there. They're going to score some runs this year. A little bit of upset to talk about. Texas College. The boys from Tyler, the Steers, upset top 10 team Bellevue. What does that do for their confidence? A huge win for Texas College. They beat the number nine team in the country, one four to three. It was a game that was really tight throughout. They made the plays down the stretch and got the win. Probably one of their bigger wins in recent memory. Definitely a huge win for Texas College going forward. Moving on here to Brian, they sweep IU Kokomo in what has become my new favorite name to say. But IU Kokomo, not a lot of baseball played recently. Yep, there are new programs starting up here in the NAIA, and you know they lost the first four games to a really good Brian team this weekend. They had a pitcher written pool, really impressed some people down there. So they're a team to look forward to this year. We're going to have to check in week in, week out on IU Kokomo just for the opportunity to say Kokomo. Absolutely. I want to give a shout-out to Stephen Chambly, the Brian starting pitcher. Struck out 14 in six innings this weekend. Masterful job. Uh, one of the things I want to mention about Kokomo is they might be up there with Providence Christian, the Sea Beggars, as my next favorite name to say. We do not lack for awesome and creative names in the NAIA, and those are two of the finest in the land. We're going to have to do a little mascot competition here down the road. I look forward to it. Hilltoppers has got to be up there, too. Ave Maria. Yeah, the Gyrenes. Not even sure what that is. They're in our conference here in the Sun Conference, and I could not tell you either. Well, I look. I know they're AMU, and that's all they will ever be to me. So, <laughs> who, are they, who are the Hilltoppers? Uh, Blue Mountain out of Mississippi. Shout out to them. They've been playing really well. They've been playing good baseball. they got a stud pitcher, Jonas White, that's just been dealing. Well, good for the Hilltoppers over at Blue Mountain. Keeping it rolling here, Kaiser University, six in a row for them after dropping the opening day matchup to Taylor. They've now won six in a row. Peter Crescido has been masterful, hitting well over 500 in seven games, as well as Marco Rivera, the transfer out of Vernon College in Texas. Both of those guys hitting plus 500 on the year, seven games into the season and those are two names that you're going to hear quite often on this podcast if they keep that offensive production up. The yeah, Kaiser team made the World Series last year, lost their head coach, as you know, lost a ton of talent, gave up five runs in the first inning of their first game, but have won every one since, so they're rolling right now. Keeping things lively here in the Sun Conference, FLOMO, Florida Memorial, not the only team in Miami Gardens. They sweep Thomas. Florida Memorial has won five games in a row right now. They're 8-3 and three on the year. They have a win over Taylor, the Crossroads favorite. I mean, hats off to the Lions. Christian Rivera, their starting pitcher, has thrown 20 scoreless innings. 20 scoreless innings. I can't wait to watch him here in a few weeks uh, in Sun Conference play, Kaiser University and Flomo. That'll definitely be something to keep your eye on. But to go 20 scoreless innings to start the year is is definitely an accomplishment. 
Keep it moving here. Sterling, the Warriors out of Kansas, they open the season 1-7. Things don't get much easier for them when they play Oklahoma Wesleyan up next, but a win in that series, two wins in that series, a sweep, that turns it all around, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. You know, probably not going to go out there and sweep Oklahoma Wesleyan, but if they do, that'll definitely get their momentum right. Even a win, just a win over a top-five team in the country will get you going. Missouri Baptist is a team that started slow, and they've won three of four. So the winning teams will keep on winning. Yeah, there's definitely some teams around the nation that we're used to saying, like Sterling, you know, who was uh, they've been in the World Series a few times, especially I remember them when we were there in 2013, got to play Sterling in an elimination game. Uh, the Masters, they're in the World Series year in, year out. They start a little bit slow, but they're starting to pick things up again. And then, of course, Missouri Baptists uh, really starting to get it clicking there. So definitely excited to see what Sterling can do, especially if they can take two games and win that series against Oklahoma Wesleyan. Yeah, it's a big series for them to rebound and try to put their foot down and get ready for this season. Central Methodist got to get the year going 3-1. and one. Their one loss was to Our Lady of the Lake. I want to give a quick shout-out to Brian Ogney. It's a guy who's been down uh, where I'm from in the Rio Grande Valley for many a year. So definitely doing great things in San Antonio with the Saints. Central Methodist is an opening round team from last year. They're probably going to be an opening round team again this year. They're a really good program, so they're one to keep an eye on. Taylor and Campbellsville, two teams projected to win their conference. They split a series this weekend. Yep, Taylor won the first game 7-3. to Campbellsville rebounded with a 6-2 win. Campbellsville is probably the favorite to win the Mid-South. You know Taylor's probably going to be the favorite to win the Crossroads. That was a really good non-conference matchup. One of the things we wanted to hit on was baseball is weird. Uh, you know, it could take an awkward bounce. It could be the way that the team comes out that day. It could be something like Texas College who can't, comes out and plays a fantastic game and upsets Bellevue. I know they're pumped for that one down in Tyler. But there were some big shutouts and then the team coming back the next day and winning a ball game. Yeah, Oklahoma City defeated Bellevue 21 to nothing by three touchdowns. And the next day, Bellevue came out there, shook it off, and defeated Oklahoma City. They split the season series 1-1. to You know, they got rid of that loss the very next day, shook it off immediately. Our Lady of the Lake, we just mentioned, that's a team. They lost 16 to nothing to Central Methodist, came out the next day, shook it off, won 3-2, split the series. And it's, it's big time to be able to do that. Bellevue, uh, to beat, first off, to beat a very good Oklahoma City team, but... To lose to the Stars 21 to nothing, like you said, by three touchdowns, to come back out the next morning really speaks to the quality of program. And there's going to be so many programs around the nation that that's going to happen to, that you're going to lose a game by a lot. I know in my time at Northwood, Texas, and especially here at Kaiser, there's been games where we'll go out and beat someone and then come back the next day and get our butts kicked. I mean, it happens. It's baseball. It's weird. But it really talks a lot about what Jeremy Kennedy, uh, who's now the head coach over at Bethany College, who I spent a ton of years with in the NAIA, and then Robert Garza, also the assistant coach at Texas Wesleyan, who were my two coaches in college, would always tell me, you know, you got to battle through adversity. you got to battle through adversity, and you see that in Bellevue. That's a class program. So there's so many teams around the nation that are going to battle through that adversity, you know, pick their heads up, come out the next day and do something special. So definitely baseball, strange sport, but that's 
part of the reason why we love it. Yeah, people laugh at you for a day you lost twenty one and nothing. The laughing stops the next day when you win. When you're hand pound, you know, just handshakes and hug pounds, you're doing really well. So I mean, they came back and got the win. Big time win there for Bellevue and a big win for OCU. Moving on to the big series from the weekend, we'll get things rolling with Southeastern University and Weber International. That series took place down in Babson Park, Florida. Southeastern swept that series 3-1, 12-2, 11-5. Just one close game in that series. And as far as Southeastern goes, the fire are absolutely hot to get the year rolling. Head coach Adrian Dinkle has put together a really good squad. Malone might be the best hitter in the NAI. Batari has some major power numbers. Those are two guys that we're going to be saying their name a lot when we start talking about some of the top statistic players in the nation next week. They've got a really deep pitching staff, a surplus of power arms. Their closer is up to 99 on scout day. 99. Over 10 guys on the team, 90 miles per hour or better at scout day. There's no reason that if this team continues the way they're playing, they won't be number one in the nation. They have speed, they have power, and not just you know my myself thinking here, but a lot of coaches have told me that they don't see an obvious weakness with them. So I'm excited to see Southeastern University this year. They were a team that probably should have made the World Series last year. They were talented enough. They won, I think, 55 games. Should have been in there. They're going to make their way this year. Cody, take us out west. You had Vanguard and Westmont. Vanguard, team that entered this weekend 4-6 and six against an 8-1 and one Westmont team. Both of these teams are going to be in the opening round from California. It was a series Vanguard had to have. Vanguard came out, made the plays, took the series 2-1, to one, got back on track. They're 4-2 and two in the GSAC now. They're ready to go. Took game 1-10-5. Tribal Biss went 8 innings again. Westmont went took the game to I want to give a shout out to Westmont starting pitcher Gardner. He's thrown over twenty innings this year, one point four two ERA. He's undefeated. I mean, every time they go out there, this dude's winning. But Vanguard Vanguard got it done in the last game. Shut out. Skyler Hill went seven innings, eleven strikeouts. Vanguard took the series two to one. Big win there for Vanguard for and I will keep it out west here. San Diego Christian, William Jessup, and for some reason I chose all sweeps. William Jessup gets it done 6-3-9-3-14-2. This is a very special William Jessup team. 13-3 overall, 6-0 in GSAC play. Hitting 349 as a team, 25 home runs, already breaks the school record. A 447 on base percentage, averaging 9.6 runs per game. They've got two really special players, pitcher Ashkan Kalua. 4-0 with a 2-8-1 ERA, 25 and two-thirds innings pitch. And then Austin Swift, five RBIs this weekend, but on the season, four home runs, 23 RBIs, hitting 464. Yeah, I don't know what's more impressive about William Jessup, the 27 runs in the first inning or the 25 home runs in 16 games. I mean, they're just scoring at a ridiculous pace right now. I mean, they're on their way to a monster season. Yeah, that's a team that will jump on you early and often, now you're going to take us back a little bit further out east, all the way down to Georgia. Georgia Gwinnett and Indiana Tech in our final big series of the week. This was a series Indiana Tech will tell you they probably should have won. They led the first game for eight innings of this game. We're up 3 to nothing, 3 to 2 give up a run in the ninth, 3-3, three three, give up the walk-off in the tenth. Led game two, nine 
no, led the game to eight to six. Excuse me, eight to six. They had two outs in the ninth inning. They're one out away from a win. They couldn't get it. Three runs for Georgia Gwinnett, lost nine to eight, and then they kind of just you know they were controlled a little bit in game three, got swept. I mean, Brad Stromdahl and the Cardiac Grizzlies out in Lawrenceville, three comeback wins, three hard-fought games, but I think Indiana Tech's going to be just fine. They ran into a really good Grizzlies team. Indiana Tech has two All-Americans, and they lived up to it. Matt Bandor and Glenn McClain, they're really good players. They're going to lead that team. Indiana Tech's going to contend with Northwestern Ohio. It's a really good program. Definitely excited to see where that leads down the road for Indiana Tech, and especially excited for Georgia Gwinnett. It's going to be a great year, I think, for both of those programs. Last but not least, we're moving to iTunes. That'll be where we are next week. It'll be a thriller. I'm absolutely excited to have NAIA baseball on iTunes. Cody, did you ever think we'd be there? I did not. This is new for me. I'm excited to talk some NAIA baseball with you. I'm excited to bring it to Apple, iTunes. Everyone loves Apple. It's going to be a hit. Everyone's going to love to hear about NAIA baseball. We're going to make this fun. We're going to make it known. Everyone needs to know about NEI. we got stud players here in the NEI. we got great coaches. We're going to let people know it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to start getting some players on, start getting some coaches on the show. Uh, you know, Next week we'll start talking about some of the best players statistically around the nation, and it will all be available on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening site. So I'm absolutely thrilled that we're able to move this to a bigger stage. We're able to go into something that'll really take NAI baseball nationally. There's going to be people that are going to come across this and want to listen. They're going to want to hear. 